0: This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club. My name is Bex and I love books. And I've got loads of stuff happening on today's show. I'm going to chat to Robin Stevens. I'm going to chat to Carly Sarosiak. I'm going to find out what are the coolest and newest and bestest books around right now. And before all of that, I've got my very special book trivia question, which I'll give you the answer to at the end of the podcast. Okay, here we go. When was Peter Rabbit written? Was it A, 1902, B, 1932, or C, 1992? I'll let you have a little think about that now, let's go and chat to Robin Stevens. Hello, thank you for having me again. Welcome back to Fun Kids. Yeah, I know, this is wonderful. Um, you're officially a friend of the show, which is something we'll discuss a little bit later. <sighs> thank Because you. I think this is your fourth time here.
1: Something like that. I'm, I'm back a lot. Pretty, I read a lot deal. of books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you really do. And you've got a brand new one out. Uh, it's Top Marks for Murder. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Yes, so Top Marks for Murder is uh, the eighth book in the Murder Most Ladylike Mysteries series. Daisy and Hazel have solved seven murders to this point, and this is their 8th. This is also the third murder mystery at their school, Deep Dean. I've already had Murder Must and Ladylike, the one that starts the series, sure. where they find their teacher lying dead on the gym floor, uh, and then they're back at Deep Dean in Jolly Foul Play when a student is murdered. And for this one, I was trying to think about what other group of people are at a school that I could maybe uh, use as a victim. Who's and at I, risk? And I realised, of course, another group of people at a school are parents. So this book is all about parents, Uh about parent is murdered uh, at the beginning of the gala weekend for Deep Dean's 50th anniversary. Hazel and Daisy are back as well. <laughs> they are back, yes. Back with a vengeance. Uh, but Deep Dean has changed. There is a new girl at school. She is the most popular girl in school. Uh, everyone looks up to her and Daisy is feeling very left out. Well, they've been away for a little while, haven't yes. they? She kind of expected to keep her top dog status. Anyone else wouldn't have, but Daisy does. Daisy thinks she's always got to be the one in charge. Uh, no,
0: when they go back, things have changed as well as getting the new girl. Like you know, their friends have grown up as well. Yes.
1: Yes, all their friends are very different from the last time uh, we've met them. We last saw them um in the fifth book I think. So it's been a while uh, and it's I think really nice for fans to be able to uh, see these characters again and see how they've grown up.
0: I've got to say, if I was a parent of a child at Deep Dean, I would be quite like, you know what? I'm going to pop you in the local comp. I don't, I don't know whether I'm going to take Everyone, you back there.
1: Everyone's in danger at Deep Dean. I don't know why it's not been closed down to be honest but <laughs> it works. So uh, these, this
0: book is set in 1936 is
1: that yes, right? 1936. Is it quite exciting to be able to write something like historical as well as mystery it is yeah i love doing it i mean obviously the main point of these books is the mystery story the gruesome murders in each one um but i do love putting in historical details and i love the fact that we're slowly moving towards world war ii things are ramping up now we have little hints about what is going on in the world
0: i was going to ask you about this actually because you do you do move with the times you don't you know the characters don't stay still they don't stay the same age is that like a choice that you wanted to like actually grow them up a little bit
1: yeah, no, I I like the fact that they get older in each book. I grew up with Harry Potter, uh, who, of course, got a year older in each book. Daisy and Hazel aren't quite like that, but they're about a few months older in each new book. Uh, and I really like writing about different challenges, uh, because obviously when you are 13, 14, 15, things are changing all the time. You're changing, your friends are changing, and I want to write about that as well.
0: Do you think that you will aim to write more books than uh, set in the war? Is that your eventually in the very far future?
1: I have plans. They are classified. But I have lots more ideas about Daisy and Hazel and their world. Lots more things I want to write. So yeah, watch this space.
0: Now, if any listeners are thinking, how do I write a mystery book? It seems quite tricky, right? Because it's like putting a
1: puzzle together almost, but you're inventing the puzzle. How do you do it? It's actually very easy. It's sort of a trick that murder mystery authors, mystery authors play on their readers to make it seem really difficult and confusing. But if you just start off by writing down everything about the crime, writing down who did it and why they did it, when and how, and all the different bits of the crime itself, making notes, really careful careful notes. Uh, then when you come to actually write the book, you know exactly what happened. And so you can trick your readers because you're never confused or tricked yourself. Uh, so the key is to know what happens in the crime and then everything just flows and uh, yeah you can trick everyone else
0: so it's good planning yes oh excellent and I know that the, the Murder Most Unraid Like series has so many super fans now you must see or meet or hear from a lot of them what kind of stuff do your, do your fans get up to do they dress like the characters how does it you know
1: yes um, a lot of them dressed as Daisy and Hazel and Kitty and Beanie and Lavinia and George and Alexander uh, for Last World Book Day which was really exciting to see uh, I've heard of a lot of detectives societies across the country and across the world. Um, that is very popular. Also, a lot of people writing their own murder mysteries, their own murder-most unladylike mystery stories, which is wonderful to hear. So there'll be a lot of budding authors and a lot of budding detectives. Oh, that's so great.
0: Now I should ask you,
1: just in case people are thinking,
0: hmm, what should I look for when I read the book? So if they pick up the brand new book, is there one thing that they should pay special attention to, or one clue that they maybe wouldn't have realised was there otherwise?
1: Oh, that That is an interesting question. I would say um, pay a lot of attention in this book to Beanie. Uh, Beanie is a very important character. She is one of Daisy and Hazel's best friends. And this book is all about her and her family.
0: Ooh, okay, so you've been here a few times, at Fun Kids.
1: Yes, I have.
0: And you've reached a status for us now, which makes us pretty much good friends. And you're a friend of the show officially. Thank you. So to get a feel for you as a friend of the show, I'm going to give you uh, our special friend of the show quiz. Okay. You're only the second person to do this. Oh. Quiz. The first person was Danny Wallace because uh-huh. he's been in Fort time. How did well. he do? So he did. He did well. We had one uh, slight disagreement on one question. Mm, okay. <laughs> which, which I'll, uh, I'll come back to you later. But I think I think you'll be fine. It's. I'm not going to judge you. It's just you know so we can get your plaque up on the wall. We can. You so get, you know, the certificates out and that kind of thing. Do I get a badge? We might get you a badge. That was discussed last time, actually. <gasps> yes. The idea of a Blue Peter badge, but yeah. a fun kid's badge would be quite good. Absolutely. The first question is, if I gave you 30 pence, would you buy a Curly Whirly or a Freddo? I think I'd buy a curly whirly. Curly whirly. Danny Wallace said the same thing. That was How our, do you feel. That was our disagreement. I said Fredo. Oh, I, apparently I am in the minority. I'm going to have to accept this. Yeah. So curly whirly. Okay, maybe it's a friend of the show theme. Uh, can you give me one Fun Kids fact? Maybe something about the studio or outside, or maybe the name of another presenter, or something you know about Fun Kids from being here four times. Maybe you can mention outside in the office. Uh, the thing
1: that I always notice is the tomatoes that you grow. Tom- it's really cool. <laughs> We have tomatoes outside. <laughs> we do. We have little garden outside. <laughs> Who would be your dream guest for afternoon tea? <sighs> My dream guest. Can I pick somebody dead? Sure you can. I'm going to go for Agatha Christie. Great dangerous, but kind of interesting.
0: I, uh, I recently went to the
1: hotel that Agatha Christie... The Swan, yeah. Yes.
0: And I thought of you when I was there. <laughs> oh,
1: I've been in there. It's pilgrimage. It's wonderful. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> can you give me either the name of any of One Direction, or can you name a Taylor Swift song?
1: Nineteen eighty nine.
0: Great, that'll do me. Would you rather be in the book club or listen to the Science Weekly? Book club, of course. That's great, because also that is my podcast. Ah. <laughs> uh, this is multiple choice. This is quite tricky. Sean from the Breakfast Show. He hosts the show with who? Is it a Anton Deck? B a robot? Or C a dragon? Um, robot. A robot. Yes. yes. Congrats. <laughs> and finally, uh, because this show is called the Club. Mm. Hmm. If you were to invent a club, what would it be called?
1: The Detection Club.
0: Detection Club? Yeah. Excellent. And you'd go detectiving things? Yeah, obviously.
1: I actually had one when I was younger, which is probably partly why Daisy and Hazel uh, have a detective society. So, yeah.
0: It, It all makes sense now. Excellent. Well, Robin, you are officially a friend of the show. Thank, Thank you so you. much. We will give you your certificate in the post, obviously. We'll get it printed out. And that's fine. Oh, <laughs> we'll I'm get that
1: And we should say uh, Top Marks for Murder is out right now. It is out everywhere. You won't be able to miss it. And it's got a lovely cover as well. Beautiful. It's coral. You will see it shining up off the tables at you.
0: Fab. Thank you so much. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, I'm joined in the studio by book expert Imogen. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Now tell me
2: what you've got in front of you, and if you say books, I'll be very disappointed. I have books. (laughs) I have three top picks for you, and the first of which is The Bear in the Fifth Floor Flat, which is a tongue twister. It is indeed. The Bear in the Fifth Floor Flat. By John Foley. And this is a lovely book about a girl called Ruthie, and it's kind of split into two parts one part is happy and then sad and the second part is sad and then happy (laughs) okay um I don't want to give too much away about the book because it's quite a short read um but it's kind of about loss and then it's about dealing with loss and it's about and it's about uh, being happy and it's about magic and bears and dogs and parents. Okay. And it's really good. Magic, bears, dogs and parents. Yeah. The classic combination. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just a quite a nice little read for you. Um, yeah, if you like... You like loveliness and you don't mind a little bit of sad that then turns happy. Okay. Uh you're going to really like it. It's just a nice little comforting read. Excellent stuff. Okay, what is up next? Next is a brand new series and the first of which is called Kitty and the Moonlight Rescue and it is by Paula Harrison and it is illustrated as well um, by a lovely lady called Jenny and I don't know how to pronounce her surname because I'm pretty sure she's Finnish. Okay. And it's like lovely. Oh. Like lovely, but the O has an accent. That's a lovely
0: surname. That, Well, yeah, quite very literally, lovely. yeah.
2: Um, and uh, it's about a girl called Kitty. Mm-hmm. And in her family, her mum is a superhero who has kind of feline powers. So her mum can see in the dark and talk to animals or talk to cats. And she goes out at night and saves the world. And then uh, Kitty also has those powers. And one night, Uh, Her mum goes out on superheroing mission and um, Kitty hears a little tap 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 at the window and a little cat comes asking for her mum going help help we need your mum's help and she's like my mum's not here Mm -hmm. um, but I'm here and so um, she goes out into the night puts on her superhero costume and Kitty's quite uh, scaredy. She's a bit of a scaredy Kitty. Nice. but with the help of all of these feline friends she meets along the way she builds up courage and she becomes her true superhero self and it's a really great book and uh, that is the first in the series and I've also got the second one here it's called Kitty and the Tiger Treasure which I haven't read I've only read the first one but I hold big hopes for it it's also set to do like super well I think it's going to be translated into like 20 languages so wherever you are in the world uh, you can get your hands on this book and they're all very pretty and beautifully illustrated as well
0: You know it must be good if they've commissioned a second book
2: before the first one's even come out. Exactly. It's a good sign isn't it? Yeah absolutely. And the third book I have in front of me isn't a story book Yeah, now this book is a
0: hardback, big red book that you've got here. It's
2: a big red book by uh, Helen Skelton, who, if you don't know her, she is a Blue Peter, well, was a Blue Peter presenter. She's a bit of an adventurer. Uh, She's a uh, TV presenter in general. She has done loads of amazing challenges, like um, an ultimate. Like an ultra marathon in Namibia, and she was the second woman ever to do that. Um, kayaking down the Amazon River, and doing like a high wire walk between, on a wire between two very tall uh, pillars on a Batsi power station. And she's a bit of an adventurer, and this is all about that. It's called Wild Girl: How to Have Incredible Outdoor Adventures and it's beautifully illustrated as well. It looks amazing. It looks
0: kind of retro, but really cool and, yeah,
2: it looks awesome. Yeah, so basically it goes through, I think four or five of helen's amazing adventures and what she did her kind of diary her kit um the numbers of like how long she went how high she went um etc etc if you're into kind of exploring and adventure yeah, you
0: bear grills and that kind of stuff
2: yeah then this is definitely one for you it's a really really interesting read and it kind of gives you tips and kind of ideas of what you can do to put some adventure into your life um i recommend um that you don't do any of these things unless you're a little bit older um, because some of the things she does are quite dangerous um, and I don't think she suggests that you do go and walk a tightrope across a very tall building or anything. Um, but it does tell you all about that and how to get the training and all these things.
0: Brilliant. Okay, great. Thank you so much for those books, Imogen.
2: Not at all. And the second part of why I'm here... Yes. Yeah. Is the book club, book club. The Funkers Book Club, book club. Yeah. So we have been reading Northern Lights by Philip Pullman. We have. We've been reading this all month. And um, it is a wonderful book. And we're going to talk about it now. So if you haven't finished it, people, there will be spoilers. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So um, what did you think? (laughs) I don't even know how to
0: start. So I was really excited about this book because all of my friends have read it it's one of those books it felt like I should read it but I'd never got around to it and it's all about demons and about adventures and journeys and I absolutely loved it I thought it was amazing
2: yeah it's really good it's such a magical magical book and it was one of those books for me too it was one that i had on my bookshelf when i was a child but i never really got into and didn't really open it and then i read it this month and um it was great it's about a girl called lyra if you don't know um and she kind of she lives in oxford and she's kind of adopted by this um college in oxford and she lives there and all the scholars kind of look after her and it's set in this uh, world not so far from our own so it's not really the same as our own world but it's very similar but there are lots of differences and one of the main differences is there are these demons and demons aren't what we would think are demons they're not not bad evil creatures they're like a physical
0: um, representation representation Yeah. yeah, yeah
2: of your soul but outside your body yeah And these uh, creatures, they're normally animals and uh, when you're young, when you're a child, they shift form all the time. So they can be like a butterfly one day and a cat the next day. And then when you become an adult, they become solid, so they just stick with one Mm -hmm. form. And uh, the book kind of goes into what would happen should you for some reason be split from your demon and it kind of deals with that and uh don't want to give too much away for <laughs> those that haven't read the book but it's really really magical and um it's such an immersive world, and you kind of feel like you get lost in it. It's nice to read a book
0: where you feel like you're part of a new world. And, yeah. it, and also, kind of like, along the way, you just kind of make sense to you, and you're like, well, of course this is how it is, and then you realise that it's a magical world. A bit like when you're reading Harry Potter, yes. and you get into Hogwarts, and
2: it just makes total sense that this magical world would exist. Yes, there's lots of different things that you think, like, what's that? But it just makes sense, um, and you're so ingrained in it. It's written so well. Philip Pullman's just... Amazing. I think There must be more books in the series, right? Yes, so it's a series called His Dark Materials and there's two other in the series. Can't remember their names right <laughs> off the top of my head. And then I think he's just uh, released last year another trilogy, which isn't a prequel, it's not a sequel, it's kind of an equal. It's in the same time, same realm as these uh, His Dark Materials books and some of the same characters kind of pop along Um but also others and uh, I'm really interested to read all the rest of the books
0: it's really cool to read a bit of a new modern classic and also one that is yeah like a bit magical because I do like my magical adventure books yes Uh, a bit like oh my goodness uh, Abby Elphinstone's books for example are a bit like that as well that's what it kind of reminded me of
2: yeah, it's definitely, definitely. And I think it's um, it was a bit strange reading it in the summer because it's all about kind of coldness and the Arctic and things and polar bears. So I can imagine if you read this around Christmas time, it would probably add to the magic. Oh, that's amazing. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. So top tip, if you want to give this to a friend for a Christmas present or something. Yeah. Or you want to read it again, and I think every time you read it, you'll probably get something new out of it, especially as you grow older and stuff. Um... I think uh, that would be a good tip. All right, well, brilliant. Thank you so much, Imogen. No worries.
0: And we need to announce the new book in the book club then, right? We do. Okay, so I know this one. Go on. The newest book we are reading in the next month is Holes by Louis Sachar. Amazing. I'm very excited about this book. Me too. So I I know a little bit about this book. Maybe you've seen the film, but get your hands on a copy of the book right now and
2: get your head in the game because it is awesome. And we will be talking all about it at the end of the month and with a little bit of an update on how we're doing with the book in two weeks time yeah we'll let you know uh, brilliant thank you so much Imogen thank you
0: next up we're going to be chatting to Carly Sarosiak she's got a brand new book out called I Cosmo. I am joined in the FunKiss studio by the author Carly Sarosiak. Hello. Hello. Now, thank you so much for joining me. You've got a brand new book out. Yes, I do. It's called I Cosmo. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, It is narrated from the perspective of an old golden retriever who is kind of desperate to keep his family together uh, when everything starts falling apart. And one of the ways he does that is through dancing.
0: I know what a twist. Yes. I love it.
3: <laughs> yes, I saw a YouTube video um, a couple years ago about a golden retriever that was in a dance competition and I just absolutely fell in love with this dog and his just joyful spirit. Um, and I also grew up with golden retrievers, so
0: I was gonna ask why you picked- was it Sally, is that right, your golden retriever? So
3: I had a German short haired pointer named Sally. Right okay. And then I had a golden retriever named Ralphie, and then we had two more golden retrievers that we adopted when they were elderly. Right. Um, one was Faith and one was uh, Buddy. Because in the book, Cosmo is a little bit older. He is older. And I I love the fact that I got to showcase old dogs at their best and how much love they still have to give and maybe even more love because they've, you know, gone through uh, their entire lives with you and, and really got to build that bond. And when we adopted Faith, she was eight. When we adopted Buddy, he was ten. Um, and it's really hard to adopt old dogs because most people want puppies. But mm-hmm. old dogs are better.
0: They just are. That's that's my view. I've got to say, because I used to have a Labrador, a golden Labrador. Mm. So reading this book, I could really feel... <laughs> I was really, really emoting with the book. Uh, mm. And you've got a, a lovely family as well, Max, mm. and Emmeline, and... Cosmo feels like he's their big brother, basically. Yes. And that feeling
3: um, came from the fact that with Sally, like she very much felt like she was a sibling of mine. We even had an even kind of sibling rivalry Mm -hmm. uh, where like, who did my dad love most, like Sally or me? And uh, I'm an only child.
0: So I think that growing up with dogs, they they really were my siblings. And in the book, you, I guess we need to explain because the family are kind of not, the happiest they've ever been right? and Cosmo's picked up on that and mm-hmm. is also thinking how can we make the situation better let's do some
3: dancing yes I think that dancing is, is probably the solution to most of uh, the world's issues
0: sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> So yeah, Cosmo enters a big dancing competition. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, and I had to do quite a lot of research into what doggy dancing was and how that was different from actually human dancing, and so I I
0: had the really difficult job of, of watching a lot of dogs on YouTube and seeing how they danced. I was going to say, did this just come about because somebody caught you watching dogs dancing, and you were like, oh, "I'm going to pretend it's for a <laughs> I'm book." I'm writing a book. It's research. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, my but
3: my um, my husband kind of jokes every time that he comes in and sees me watching a video about dogs. I can now just say that it's it's for books and not just. <laughs> for me.
0: Right, <laughs> excuse, to be fair. Because yeah. I guess if our uh, listeners are wondering, it's a bit like, years ago we had Britain's Got Talent and there was a dog called Pudsy. Pudsy. It is yet. like that. It is exactly like that. Um, and there are competitions
3: all over the world. Uh, it's called Canine Freestyle. So doggy dancing is kind of the cuter name for yeah, it. But better. if you if you want to go for the proper terminology, it is Canine Freestyle.
0: And how fun was it to imagine what Cosmo was thinking and doing?
3: So much fun. This, this book was just joyful from start to finish. Uh, and... I just love him. I just love him. And getting into his mind was actually quite easy. So I grew up um, with a family who was quite obsessed with animals. And we weren't always the best at talking to each other unless we were talking about our pets. And so over dinner, we would often imagine the voices that our animals would have. And one of them was Ralphie, who is our golden retriever of like, what was Ralph thinking? What did Ralph do in his day? How would he express that? And that was kind of our way of getting through family dinners, talking oh, wow. about our animals.
0: I also loved how Cosmo uh, really enjoys Greece yes. and the Turner movie channel. You know, I've actually never seen Greece.
3: Have you? No, you should, you should. I think Cosmo I think
0: that my editor is
3: gonna be kind of surprised by this. But no, I because I'd never saw it, I kind of got almost a dog's eye view of it. And now I'm kind of religiously against viewing the film because I want more of a it's a different point of view on on the movie of having not seen it (laughs) why did you pick it then Um, I just really I love the song so I have listened to the songs but I haven't seen the film Okay. Yeah. So it's it's very like upbeat and jolly and I thought that just the, the jolliness had the spirit of a golden retriever.
0: It really does. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the book as well kind of does almost like Halloween to Halloween in a way. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on dressing up animals because I I now have a Jack Russell right. and sadly I have dressed her up in a Santa outfit and she hates it. Absolutely yes. hates it.
3: I think that most dogs do hate it, but the scene where Cosmo is dressed up as a turtle is taken directly from Ralphie's life, where we did dress him up as a turtle, and we would actually take him to local schools for Halloween and like walk him around universities and different campuses so that people can come up and, and pet him and, and talk to him yeah. about it. So he was just the most agreeable dog. I think that anything that we wanted him to do, he'd be like, okay, I'll do it. you know. Um, my dog right now, Danny would not put up with it there there would be no dragon wings no bumblebee costume no anything i think that she would just try to rip it off immediately yeah yeah so i i think there is a sense of well actually in in the wild when wolves have something on their backs or um other dogs are kind of like pressed down upon them it's very much like a dominating thing so that's why like thunder um for dogs like anxiety shirts where you wrap them around them and that's why often they get very stressed because they feel like they're being dominated so like doggy raincoats things like that so uh, I don't I'm not sure a lot of dogs have opinions other than like this
0: is kind of mean <laughs> this feels weird <laughs> yeah. we're in a turtle costume yeah and we have got our author quickfire questions uh, we do this with every author who comes in to Fun Kids for their first book with us uh, so um, if it's okay gonna go right now I'm ready okay excellent <laughs> believe in you uh, books or kindles Books. Yeah, every also says that straight away. Heroes or villains? Heroes. Dogs or cats? Dogs. I was I was hoping I was a bit worried <laughs> if you said yeah. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? <sighs> oh, that's just t- oh I know this is quick fire, but I'm really thinking about no, it. No, don't worry. Film think- film adaptation. You'd be surprised how many authors don't really adhere to the quick fire rules. <gasps> uh, writing or reading? Writing. It's always quite tricky. Yeah. Quinn or Linny? Quinn. Quinn. Hogwarts or Narnia? Hogwarts. Laptop or write by hand? Laptop. Laptop. Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Oh, gosh. Roll doll. Okay. <laughs> North Carolina or London? North Carolina. Bookshop visit or school tour? You know what? I've never actually been on a school tour, <gasps> so I would have to say bookshop visit. Okay.
3: Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Paddington and I... I've only recently discovered my love for Paddington. I was not exposed to Paddington at all until two months ago. Wow! I don't know how I missed this, but I saw the first film and I watched it five times in a
0: row because I was like, this is amazing. So yes, a very enthusiastic yes to Paddington. Paddington, okay, excellent. I think you're the first author I've asked that question to, so that's good to know. Do you write nine to five or do you write when you fancy?
3: I write when I can, so I would say more fancy. Okay.
0: And finally, the big one, this is the one you will be judged for. Anything else is fine. Salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Oh, goodness. You know, I would say salt and vinegar just because we don't have cheese and onion. Okay. In America, that is not not really a thing. Luckily for you, that is the correct answer.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well awesome. <laughs> that
0: is the only one I care about. <laughs> so, Carly, we should say your book is out right now. Yes. Everybody needs to go and get it.
3: Absolutely. And Especially
0: if you love dogs or have a dog or want a dog or know a dog. I mean, that's that's pretty much everybody. Yes, <laughs> If you're listening, you've even seen a dog, you've heard of dogs, mm. go and buy iCosmo and you'll love it. Absolutely. Perfect. Thanks, Carly. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to Carly, and we thought we'd get her to read a little bit of the book as well. This year, I am a turtle. I do not want to be a turtle.
3: His tail's between his legs, Max notices, cocking his head. Worry spreads across his wonderful face. You think the hat's too tight? We are on the porch, and the strange pumpkin is smiling at us, the one Max carved last week, scooping out its guts. I ate the seeds, even though he told me, No, Cosmo, no. I find it difficult to stop myself when something smells so interesting and so new. Max's father, whose name is Dad, readjusts the turtle vest on my back. Nah, he's fine. He loves it. Look at him. This is one of those times, those infinite times, when I wish my tongue did not loll in my mouth. Because I would say, in perfect human language, that turtles are inferior creatures who cannot manage to cross roads. And I have crossed many roads, off-leash, by myself. This costume is an embarrassment. At a loss, I roll gently onto my back, kicking my legs in the air. An ache creaks across my spine. I'm not young like I used to be, but hopefully Max will understand the subtle meaning in my gesture. Dad, I really think he doesn't like it. Yes, Max, yes. Scratching the fur on his chin, Dad says to me, Okay, okay, no hat, but you've got to keep the shell. And just like that, a small victory. Emmeline bursts onto the porch then. She is all energy. She glows. "'Cosmo!' Her little hands ruffle my ears, and it reminds me why I'm a turtle in the first place, because Emmeline picked it out, because it made her happy. I've long accepted that this is one of my roles. Max grabs Emmeline's hand and spins her around, like they're dancing. Her purple superhero cape twirls with a movement. Last week, I helped Mom make the costume, guarding the fabric, keeping watch by her feet, and every once in a while, she held up her parkas and asked me, "'What do you think, Cosmo?' A wonder, I told her with my eyes. It is a wonder. Shouldn't we wait for mom, Max asks. He is dressed in dark colors, patches on his shirt, and I suppose he is a cow or a giraffe, although I do not like thinking of him as either. Giraffes are remarkably stupid creatures, and Max is very, very smart. He can speak three languages, build model rockets, and fold his tongue into a four-leaf clover. He can even unscrew the lids off peanut butter jars. I'd like to see a giraffe to that. Dad replies, she's late, don't want to miss all the good candy. Max says, I just think. But Dad cuts him off with ready Freddy, which he is fond of saying, despite the fact that Max is called Max. After a pause, the four of us set off into the bluish night. Our house is a one-story brick structure with plenty of grass and a swing set that only Emmeline uses now. Paper lanterns line the driveway, lighting up the cul-de-sac. The fur on the back of my neck begins to rise. Halloween is the worst night of the year.
0: Brilliant stuff. Thank you to Robin and to Carly and of course to Imogen for popping by the Fun Kids Book Club today. Just a bit of time to tell you the answer to my big book trivia question. Today's was, when was Peter Rabbit written? Well, first of all, I found out Peter Rabbit was based on a real rabbit called Peter Piper that Beatrix Potter actually had. And I said, was Peter Rabbit written in 1902, 1932 or 1992? Well, it turns out 1902 over a hundred years ago peter rabbit is very 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 old indeed if you got the answer right well done give yourself a pat on the back we'll be back really soon with the fun kids book club if you've enjoyed it remember like subscribe tell your friends go and read a book and we'll be back really soon bye so that was a podcast from the children's radio station fun kids listen on dab digital radio across the uk or online at funkidslive.com All right. um, It's got some amazingly pink and white flowers. The leaves look quite kind of like um, kind of furry, you know what I
1: mean? It's a warm spring day in late March and ever since the leaves have started to come out, Roby Jo has been wondering why some trees lose their leaves
0: and some don't. And also like how the trees know when it's time to shed their
1: leaves. To find out, join us on The Conversations Curious Kids wherever you get your podcasts.